Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. It's my double latte this morning. For some reason, I'm sleepy this morning. I slept a long time. Um, we stayed up a little bit later watching movies last night. I should say that today is Tuesday, April 27th. We're almost out of April. How, I don't even know how this has happened. I'm thinking, you know, last April was so slow and this April has just flown by. Uh, yeah, so we stayed up, I mean, late, late until 10 o'clock, you guys. I didn't go to bed till 10 o'clock because uh, we started watching shows late. Um, because I was busy doing stuff. <laughs> I had a lot of things to do. And yeah. Uh, and then we watched Love and Mercy, which I think this is the third time I've seen it. Uh, it was free on Amazon Prime. Free. I, I feel like we need another word for this. It's like free for the $125 or whatever it is that I'm spending a year. My subscription. Um, but that's the story of Brian Wilson. And every time I watch it, I get more out of it. And I know some people get confused by it. And the first time I watched it, I was kind of confused by it because I wasn't paying enough attention. Um, <laughs> and you do have to pay attention because I remember the first time being confused and we have to caveat this. You guys know I'm not good with faces. Um, and, and I am <laughs> Dorinda and I got in this argument yesterday cause she showed me, um, a video by Selena Gomez hands to myself. And <laughs> she said, I swear that that's Sam Hewen in this video. She said, but it turns out it's not. And it's, um, Christopher Mason, I think. I said, it actually says who it is right there in the video. She was like, it does. <laughs> it's like, that's not, that's not Sam Hewen. I said, that guy looks nothing like Sam Hewen. And she said, oh, I think you're wrong. So I was Googling Christopher Mason to find out who he is besides model. Um, and I guess he's done some acting gigs, mostly reality TV, but there were pictures of him beside Sam Hewen. So I was like, okay, it's not you. There's clearly this like, whole fan base of people who think these two guys look alike. Um, so, so yeah, who knows with me and my weird eyes. Um, but what was my point? I did have one. Oh, so I'm trying to think of who the, the, the John Cusack was playing the older kind of modern timeline, Brian Wilson and, um, Dolan, Tom Dolan, something like that, played his younger self. And I remember the first time I watched it being uncertain if it was, I was like, is that John Cusack in makeup? I was like, no, Jeffy, that's not. Although I thought that he made a convincing younger self. It was funny to see Paul Schiamatti in it. Um, you know, I, lately, I, he seems like he's in everything. I, I just keep seeing him turn up over and over again. And he's such a good character actor, you know, that he, um, I don't know, he, he really submerges into the role. And he was so smarmy in this. He's, he plays Lundy. And I didn't remember that. 
Um, so, so yeah, that was interesting to watch. Um, I was reading in the trivia, as is my want, that uh, the director had considered having um, the third phase of Brian Wilson's life, the three years, the nearly three years that he spent in bed. And he would have had another actor play that phase. And when asked who he would have had play that role, he said Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, which I'm really sorry we didn't get to see that because I think Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been brilliant at that. It's one of my enduring griefs that Philip Seymour Hoffman is gone. And that part of the, I mean, I know depression lies um, and it's a mental illness, but it breaks my heart that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman felt like he could not compare uh, in physical beauty to the other men in Hollywood. And I mean, I guess Hollywood's a brutal culture. I, I could totally understand why you would get caught up in that thinking, but it's like, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman was so much more amazing than, you know, 98% of the pretty boys. Such a terrific actor. Ugh, Jackson's in the other room crying. I've locked him out. I guess I should go wrangle him. Or shall I ignore the, can I ignore the meowing? Let's see. He's, he's been a brat the last couple of days. Feeling the spring fever, I think. You will note that I'm inside again today. We've had a bit of a storm roll in. Uh, we're supposed to get rain today and tomorrow, which hooray. That's We're pretty dry right now. So that's probably considering considering contributing to my sleepies have the big captain kirk mug out today for the extra helping of latte for those of you not on video and i should do earrings while i'm thinking about it these are pretty flashy huh i like these earrings because they are big and flashy um these were a gift from my stepson i think for christmas and uh, if you're not on video, you can see that they're kind of chandelier earrings, what we call chandelier earrings. They've got the, there you are. I'm noticing on the back, it says Leah Sophia means nothing to me. Might mean something to you guys, but silver set, um, with a center uh, with, um, blue stones, different shades. Uh, no, more like teal, teal stones, um, a centerpiece with three danglies, one dangly being the longest. So, so yeah, um, <laughs> my stepson, Mike gave them to me theoretically, uh, picked them out himself. Although my daughter-in-law had to remind him, he said, th she said, those are the earrings that you picked out for Jeffy. And he goes, Oh, <laughs> So it's like, I, you know, you could sort of envision how that particular domestic scenario worked itself out where they, she sat him down with the catalog or took him to the store and said, okay, pick something out for this one, pick something out for this one. <laughs> but it's actually a pretty good call um, because they are fun. So it'll be nice to have a couple of rainy tuck in days get that, um, get some moisture out there. Be good. 
I uh, had a slow day on Bright Familiar yesterday, um, although I did meet my, my milestone goal. Uh, I'm doing a lot of thinking, which is always bad. Uh, that's what made me think of Bull Durham, uh, Janelle, which is why I recommended that movie to you for great um, sex scenes that are also uh, about more than just the sex. Um, in Bull Durham, Kevin Costner's self-talk when he's up to bat. Bull Durham is about uh, a minor league team in, or like a B-league team. I'm not, my sports terminology is not amazing. You guys know that. Hopefully you do not come to first cup of coffee for sports terminology because that ain't happening. Anyway, not the pros. They're like one step, they're farm, like a farm team for the pros. One step down. And uh, Kevin Costner is uh, sort of an, the older player who has to take the young up-and-coming Tim Robbins in hand. And Susan Sarandon is, uh, it's kind of an enduring question what she is. She's kind of like a baseball groupie, but she's more than that. Um, and she's, I don't know, one of the people who sort of like keeps the whole program going, right? Uh, and it's it's kind of a love triangle, and it's it's awesome. But anyway, uh, Kevin Costner, Costner's uh, self talk at the when he's up to bat, as he says, "Don't think meat," calls himself meat. Don't think meat. This is I should have a little poster of that too, uh, up on my wall because um, it's always like don't think don't think meat. But I did go back and do some layering in of some things. I might be dancing around the, the first act. This might be one of those books where that happens. And yeah, I mentioned yesterday that I'm probably going to be adding in more characters. And uh, I think it was Darkstorm who commented that said, given what the initial book, that that seemed like that was a uh, likely to happen. <laughs> and I think it is. It's just that I don't know. I don't want it to get so big that I can't wrestle it, you guys. Uh, I don't know why I'm worried. It, I think it's part of my process, right? Yeah. So, um, what else? Let's see. I already talked about Love and Mercy. <coughs> there was a... Um, an internet kerfuffle last week, or at least I saw it last week. Who knows? I, I tend to see these kerfuffles afterwards, which is just as well because getting drawn into a kerfuffle is um, a rabbit hole that no one needs. Oh, I should probably say before I launch into that, speaking of internet, that yesterday it was officially announced that I am president-elect of CEFWA. I take over July 1st. So... I have some, a couple months of freedom yet. Um, I've actually already started attending a lot of the meetings to make the transition smoother. Um, since I was running uncontested, we just went ahead and started looping me into some of the exec type meetings. And yeah, so, so yeah, it was funny because um, yesterday everybody was congratulating me and it, um, I don't know. It was just funny. It was like, why? 
I don't know why I felt like it was funny to be congratulated for it because I feel like I'm throwing myself on my sword. No, that's not true. Uh, a lot of people were also making jokes about it and, you know, like offering condolences and saying how brutal it's going to be. And I don't think that any of that's true. Um, I've been on the board for a number of years now. We have a really solid group of people. There have been years when dealing with the board was excruciating. Um, Mary Robinette Kowal, who's our current president, actually took a moment a couple weeks ago at our board meeting just to say that she was going to miss meeting with us because that we had been, and she said that she never would have predicted that she would say this, but a pleasure to work with. And I totally agree um, that the team at Sefwa is just a pleasure to work with. Everybody is, is awesome. And so you know, we've been getting a lot of great stuff done and I am um, not a lone ranger by any stretch. I am an excellent delegator. So I fully intend to uh, share out responsibilities for uh, governing CEFWA, which is how I believe it should be. So um, internet kerfuffle last week, um, is your very typical, at least these days, it seems to have become your standard internet kerfuffle where a author with her first book was upset because some readers on Goodreads had rated her book 4.5 stars out of five, which is a really nice rating. But when you go to Amazon, you can't do a 0.5. And some readers were rounding it up to five stars, but others were rounding it down to four stars. And she tweeted about it and she called them vengeful nerds for <laughs> rounding her book down to four stars. And I don't know, you know, it's like every once in a while, it will bother me that someone does that, I guess. Um, it's, it's like the, uh, the 3.5 that rounds down to three. I think I find more. It's like, really? You wouldn't give it a four? <laughs> but you know, it's all, it's all subjective. And Karina and I had this conversation about the Murderbot novellas because I saw that she had been doing a reread. Or she had told me she was doing a reread, but then I saw her posting reviews of them and she had given um, one of them like a four out of five. I think a four out of five or a 4.5. I think it was a four out of five. And I remarked to her that I was surprised because I know she loves those books, loves those books. And I said, I'm surprised you, don't, you gave it a four out of five. And she said, well, that's my standard markdown for when a book leaves me wanting more when I feel like it's not well enough. And I said, oh, I said, you know, that surprises me because I feel like those novellas um, by Martha Wells, which I love also, I said, I think that they're really well-constructed novellas. I think that they are, the concept and the story is perfect for the length. You know, when it's too short is when you start to feel like, like it's lacking, like there should have been something more to it that got left. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking about Sorcerer's Queen now. Um, we can come back to that if I have time. 
you know, I said, but I, I felt like, you know, these were not that the idea was too big for the links. And she's, and I said, I think we just want more because we like it so much. And she said, you know, you're right. She said, I shouldn't be penalizing these books for being novellas instead of novellas, instead of novels. So I think she went back and changed her ranking. A small strike. So anyway, this gal who is uh, doing, you know, of course she just kept doubling down, which is a problem, you know, and people were taking screenshots of her tweets and, you know, and she launches into this whole thing about my first book and the book of my heart. And you have no idea how much this book means to me, which is just really cringeworthy because it's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how much the book means to the person who writes it or any creation. It doesn't matter how much it meant. It, you know, it could be little pieces of your heart that you cut out and mashed down onto the computer keyboard. Uh, that doesn't change how someone else perceives it. And, you know, this idea that people somehow owe you a certain level of a certain score that that your pain should translate to their score is just, I'm sorry, it's crazy. Um, it, it's this very bizarre disconnect because if everybody got some kind of score according to their emotional pain and suffering, then I don't know, people would have, we'd all be walking around with gold stars and blue ribbons, right? Because you survived this traumatic experience and you managed to talk about it coherently. I don't know. Um, it's just, I, I wish I could tell them not to do that. Oh, in great news today, uh, my good friend, um, Alexia Chantal, but I'm not sure what she's, dang, I should have looked this up ahead of time. Uh, she has a book out, an audio book called The Mars Strain. And now I have to look it up. Oh, here, I'll pause. Okay, she's writing as A.C. Anderson, so I hope I didn't just blow uh, the that that wasn't supposed to be a secret pen name. Uh, A.C. Anderson, and it's called The Mars Strain, and it's out today. It's an Audible original, so congratulations on your release day. And uh, I'm pretty sure that I saw it on Instagram under her under her her name, so I think it's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's fine. <laughs> you guys know I'm usually careful about that. Anyway, uh, give it a listen. She deserves, if you like audiobooks, if you like um, science fiction, she deserves it. I'm just now noticing, like I have my big paper out. I'm doing all of this rearranging of stuff, so my background's not uh, as good as usual. That's what I draw my maps on for my books. I draw them out really big first so I can see them. And I made a mistake of drawing it out really big the first time for the Mark of the Tala. And then when they tried to reduce it, all the words got too tiny. So it's like they had, I had to redraw it at the proper book size. Oops, live and learn. And so, oh, I was going to say with Sorceress Queen and the Pirate Rogue, um, I think I mentioned this before about, you know, like leaving you wanting more. I really did thrash about adding on another scene to the end of the book. Um, but I felt like their emotional journey was complete and I didn't know what I would have it be. So, and I really did think for several weeks about 
adding another scene to the end. Um, but yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want to. Um, it just felt wrong. Sometimes it just feels wrong. But I'm thinking maybe sometime I'll do a, a Jack and Stella bonus scene and include it in something. We'll see how much interest there is. I, I, I have been getting the feedback on uh, additional interest for Forgotten Empires following The Promised Queen. Oh, I just saw the audiobook cover today and it's pretty. So coming soon, uh, less than a month. Amazing. All right. I am going to go hack at Bright Familiar and grudgingly allow all of these new characters onto the scene. I will remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.